I'm Sarah Heiner, president of Bottom Line Inc., the number one provider of expert-sourced, expert-vetted, expert advice that empowers your life. I'm thrilled to be talking today to Dr. Cynthia Green. Dr. Green is one of America's foremost experts on brain health and is the founding director of the Memory Enhancement Program at Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai in New York City. Her company, Total Brain Health, develops evidence-based brain wellness classes and programs which is used at many leading institutions. You can learn more about Dr. Green and her work at TotalBrainHealth.com. So, Cynthia, welcome today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. I love talking to you. It's always fun. So we're going to talk about names and forgetting names, which as I get older, I get worse. I was at a dinner last night, small group of people, two people I knew going into it, three people I didn't, two names I remembered, one name, no joke, five minutes later, I have no idea what this woman's name is. What the heck? It is challenging, isn't it? Yes. So, I, so I, where, should, where should we start talking about names? Should we start with why we yes. forget them? Why yes. it's hard why, to get them? Why can't I, yeah, why do I forget them? I mean, I, I'm kind of thinking that it doesn't have an anchor. Like if I remember, if I see table, chair, wall, that has a visual anchor to me, a name is meaningless to me. It's just a name. It's abstract. Yes. So one of the things with names is that they they are, I, I joke sometimes, it's like a pop quiz for your brain because you have this information, you get it once, you get it quickly, you don't study it, you don't rehearse it, and then boom, two weeks later, you run into that person and you can't remember their name, but you didn't get it to begin with. So we have to start at the beginning, um, which is with learning the name and why it's harder to learn names and why, by the way, forgetting names is the number one memory complaint of adults. So So not unique. Does that make you feel better? I feel so much better. So the reason why names are hard to remember, um, there's a couple of reasons. First of all, when we are growing older, right? Um, One of the things, as we've talked about before, is that it's harder to pay attention, to think quickly, and to think flexibly. And when we learn names, we're usually tasked with those skills, right? We have to be able to focus our attention on the name, which we're getting in the context of other information, and we're getting it quickly. So I might say to you, hi, my name is Cynthia. It's so nice to meet you. What do you do? What do you want for dinner? Did you want to walk over there together, right? Um, So that there's a lot going on at the same time you're getting the name, and it's a little harder to focus on that new information or the name as we've grown older. Yes, and I will also say in this case, the name I forgot was the third person. So the first person, I was concentrating on the first person who as I'm introduced to her, she's telling me that she knows my sister-in-law. So I've got that piece of information. Then I've got the second person. So by the time I got to the third person, I was so busy concentrating on the first two that you're right, I didn't even have the attention to the third person. So the other thing is that when we learn a name, uh, we don't often use a strategy. And one of the things that we know is that strategies boost our learning and retention for information. And using memory strategies for gaining and retaining names is an incredibly powerful way we can boost our ability to get a name. Uh, It helps overcome the attention challenge 
because when we use a strategy, we are forcing ourselves to pay better attention than we might otherwise. And also it gives meaning to the information. So it makes that name more memorable by making it more personal to us. We manipulate, if you will, the information in ways that can be simple or complex. But by doing that, we're um, more likely to retain that information because it has become more meaningful to us. All right. So what what's the Cynthia Green, Dr. Cynthia Green strategy for remembering names? Well, first of all, it's to boost your attention. So we've spent a lot of time over our conversations talking about ways of building attention uh, by playing games against the clock, by practicing mindfulness. Uh, all of these things matter to names because here, again, one of the biggest challenges is holding our attention to the information. And that's true in general for everybody, but it's particularly true as we grow older since attention and focus can become more challenging with age. So we'll never be able to remember names if I don't practice just maintaining my, my attention and doing some of those, using some of those word games and speed games to just keep that muscle exercised. I would say that never is a pretty strong era, but <laughs> well, you know, I go to extremes, it. right? <laughs> you'd be All better at it if you, you know, work, we'd we'd be better at a lot of these cognitive tasks if we worked on these skills that change as we grow older, or even that are just more challenged by you know daily life, right? Such as attention. The other thing that we can do to boost our brain power for names from a general perspective is look at our lifestyle and the things that we do that can be more challenging to memory. So for example, if you don't get a good night's sleep or if you're feeling particularly anxious or stressed, you're not going to learn that name as well. Primarily again, because it goes back to attention, but it's still going to hamper your ability to get that name. By the way, and I'm not suggesting that you might have been drinking wine at that dinner last night. But when we do things like have alcohol, uh, that also has been shown to impair our ability to learn new information. So I'm not suggesting that we not enjoy a glass of wine with dinner, but that we want to be aware if learning information is important to us, that we have a sense of our own tolerance and the balance between how much we may be drinking alcohol um, in that situation and what we want to learn. By the way, the same is true for caffeine. I was going to ask you about caffeine. Caffeine is a stimulant. And in some ways, it is our favorite drug for memory because it helps to prime our attention. However, especially as we grow older, caffeine can have a negative effect. It's almost as if there's a tipping point, a, a perfect balance between cognition and caffeine intake, and that too much caffeine then starts to be overstimulating and makes it harder for us to concentrate when we're learning. So that's another thing to be aware of. So the, so the caffeine, so FYI, I, oddly, I wish I could blame it on alcohol. I had only water. I was the only non-drinker at the table. Um, so can't even blame it on that. Can't even blame that, right? If only, right? Um, but so with caffeine, is that should people as they get older then reduce their intake of caffeine because that will get in the way of their attention? Or is it that they need to modulate it? Like if I have a cup of coffee, I'm going to be jittery, you know, mentally jittery right afterward. I think that most people in my clinical experience self-adjust. So when people would come into the memory program at Mount Sinai and we'd be doing an evaluation and we'd ask about alcohol and caffeine intake, people will typically say to you, oh, I used to drink, you know, three cups of coffee in the morning, but I can't do that anymore. Uh, they'll find that it interferes with their sleep. 
So they've already adjusted, but that's something for us to be aware of. And I know for myself, I've had to adjust my caffeine intake in the morning, even for my work, right? So if what I plan to do in the morning is to write content, I need to be aware of that caffeine intake because it might make it harder for me to stay focused and more likely to jump off task, right? To go uh, check my emails, you know, to, to, to be more prone to disruption. Right. So how about also, let me ask you though, because related to that, we talk a lot at bottom line about simple carbohydrates and sugar. And as that also affecting, I know if I eat simple carbohydrates, I get all jittery, same thing. My brain goes fluey on, on sugar, sweets. If I had donuts for breakfast, you and I would not be having this conversation right now. Um, Are there other dietary things that you've noticed? Right. Today, I, you know, we're recording today on National Donut Day, as you've so nicely pointed out. I agree, but that, again, is very personal. So what I encourage everyone to do is to figure that out by being more aware of how they're thinking and tracking it back to what they might have done. So if they are finding themselves feeling jittery, did I just have, you know, an extra cup of coffee over what I usually did? Did I have that donut today to celebrate National Donut Day where I would never usually have sugar in the morning? And, you know, that's the best way by being sensitive and our own, if you will, scientist reflecting on how our cognition is functioning. Um, we can track back to some of these things and create better plans for ourselves. It also, by the way, when I talk about a brain healthy lifestyle and supporting things like remembering names, it's not only also about things like our diet, it's also about getting regular exercise, managing stress. All of these things help to better maintain those basic skills that we need to learn and remember. And that's to learn and remember anything, but it particularly when we have to relearn something like a name where we're getting very little opportunity to do that, right? We only get to hear the name once. So those skills really matter. It can make a big difference. Got it. All right. Well, let's take a break. So now we've talked about priming the brain for remembering names. When we come back, let's talk about the very specific tips, tricks, strategies to be able to remember that name. I'm talking to Dr. Cynthia Green, one of the foremost experts on brain health, about how our brains are changing in our fast-paced techno world. Our attention spans are shrinking, our memories are wavering, yet the demands on our brains are greater than ever. For many years, Cynthia has been providing Bottom Line's readers with tips to stay sharp and prevent memory loss. Her insights appear often in our flagship publication, Bottom Line Personal, and they're a key part of our latest best-selling book, Bottom Line's Super Brain Boosting Secrets which is filled with hundreds of scientifically proven breakthroughs that can prevent Alzheimer's, reverse memory loss, and keep your mind sharp for life. Order your own copy of Super Brain Boosting Secrets today at bottomlinestore.com forward slash green. And you can get two great free books if you order today, Bottom Line's Best Ever Healing Secrets and The Book of Brain Games. That's bottomlinestore.com forward slash green, bottomlinestore.com forward slash green. We're back with Dr. Cynthia Green of Total Brain Health, and we're talking about names and forgetting names and being able to remember names, which I literally, Cynthia, at this moment in time, I introduced myself to somebody and I will forewarn them that don't be insulted that I may forget their name later on because I've gotten so bad at it. But that's so mature, Sarah, and so freeing to them because now you've given them permission to admit that they forgot your name. Well, that's exactly why I do it. It's only to be able, because my goal in life is to put others around me at ease. 
I find that I find that very comforting for them. Um, all right, so, go ahead. That's one of my later tricks and tips. But let's start first with strategies, and then talk about those compensatory strategies. Okay, good. Let's so let's go. What what are the tricks that I need that I need okay. to use at my dinners and meetings to remember people? So we talked about some of the general reasons why we forget names, and some general overall tips for priming ourselves to remember better. But when it comes to names, strategies are key because names we get once. We don't have opportunity to rehearse them. So we need to really get them the first time and to give ourselves opportunities to learn that name by giving it meaning. We call that here at Total Brain Health the AM principle. The AM principle wakes up our memory by getting us to pay attention and give the information meaning. So should we talk about a few AM principle-based strategies that we can use for remembering names? Absolutely, because we love knowing the... What do I do next? What do yeah. I do now? Yes. So let's start with some simple ones and kind of move up. The easiest one we can do, we call the repetition strategy. And there you simply get into the habit of repeating the name when you meet someone. So take that person, that third person that you couldn't remember. If as you met each of those uh, individuals, you said, you know, hi, Tom, it's nice to meet you. Hi, Susan, it's nice to meet you. Um, Susan, where is it that you live? right? So that you repeat the name in the course of conversation. That's a very simple rehearsal strategy. It gets you to pay attention to the name, but it doesn't force you or ask you to divide your attention by doing something else with the name. You're weaving it into the conversation and using it. So let me ask you this though. And some of it might be that I have to take, you have to take more control of meeting the person. So I'm in this loud restaurant, just using this as, a, as the example, or you're in a meeting and they're rattling off, you know, you're going around the table. Hi, this is Katie. Hi, this is Michael. Hi, this is Barbara. And there's, you're focusing on that one person as the next thing is coming in that, that I was, I can remember not being totally present. You talked about mindfulness in another podcast we were talking about and that I wasn't totally mindful at that moment, focusing on Katie, on the first person, because I was worrying about the next one coming in. Are you going to remember the name of the third person by the time we're done? It's Barbara. I actually looked at it before. So, um, but I didn't last night. I didn't. I literally sat through the whole dinner. And as soon as I left the restaurant, I looked on my phone to see who it was. Um, but my only point is what I look back. That, strategy. Yeah. But when I look back, I realize that as I'm meeting them, my host is wanting to rush me through. Here's this one, this one, this one. And, you know, do, does the individual, do, is it okay if I slow it down? as I'm being introduced. And is that something that we need to right. do to focus on that? So one way I love to think about it is be a politician. So when you're a politician and you're trying to gain votes um, and you walk into a fundraising party or you're walking along the street, uh, maybe really talking to people, you want them to feel that you're really connected to them and you grab their hand and you look them in the eye and you take a moment. You are allowed to take that moment. And you can own that moment and set the pace, right? That's what you're talking about doing at that yes, dinner table. Exactly. So you, you set the pace. But let's move on to another strategy before we run out of time. So another next level up strategy would be a simple association strategy where you're actually giving more meaning to the name. We can use a verbal association strategy called the connection strategy where you're connecting that name to something you already know. So let's go back to Barbara. Do you know someone else named Barbara? Not well. I mean, I know Barbara's, but nothing that would key me. 
Do you know anyone famous named Barbara? Barbara Bush. Okay. So you might meet Barbara and think to yourself, oh, Barbara, like Barbara Bush. Or you might think, oh, Barbara, like Major Barbara, right? The Shaw play. Or you might think about Barbara Streisand. Um, for those of us that know someone named Barbara, we might think, oh, my, like my cousin, Barbara. That makes a connection between something that you know and something that you're learning. It's a powerful way to give meaning to that information. Uh, another visual analog to that, a simple visual association we call the snapshot technique, where you get a picture in your mind's eye for the name. Now, that can be a little more challenging with names, but sometimes those names do lend themselves to being pictured. So for example, let's say you're meeting someone named Robin. What comes to mind? My sister-in-law. Okay, so that's a connection. Right. Some people might picture Robin Hood, right? Okay. Or they picture the bird, Robin. Yes. yes, that was my second one was the bird. Right, and if you use the snapshot strategy, and we should all just find one that we like and use, you can even see the name spelt out in your mind's eye. We all have visual, or we all have cognitive strengths and weaknesses, and things that we are drawn to generally we have strength at. So many of us kind of just process information better visually. And so it's great to have a choice in terms of what strategy we use. And the idea is not to become a dilettante at memory strategies uh, and do all of them a little bit, but to be, take one and master it so that becomes the one that you always turn to automatically so that you don't have to think about it. And so there you have simple association strategies, a verbal one, connections, and a visual one, snapshot, that you can use to add uh, attention and meaning to a name. How about writing it down? I, when I, if I'm in a meeting, like I couldn't do this at dinner, but if I'm in a meeting, I will quickly write down the names of the people that I just met. So then I've got kind of the visual on the piece of paper and I'll put them at the seats where they are. Right. And that's a great thing that you can do when you have that opportunity. Unfortunately, many of us don't have that opportunity. We're not in a situation where we can write that down. Um, but if you can, absolutely. I once traveled to Japan and I noticed that in Japan, uh, the culture is such that when you, you exchange business cards at the top of the meeting, not at the end. And one of the reasons I was told is because you don't want to put anyone in a situation where they could lose face, right? Mm -hmm. And so you don't want to put them in a situation where they might forget the name. And when uh, in those meetings, I noticed the businessman would, place the cards in front of them in the order of the people sitting across the table. So, yes. well, and I think also, don't they, like you don't just, in, in America, I give you your card, you go, okay, thanks, and you toss it aside. And there they actually take a moment, put it in both hands, look at it, absorb it. Yes, it's almost as if being presented with something and uh, paying proper respect. Um, and it goes to what I was talking to you about before in terms of being introduced and taking that moment, right? Taking control of the moment so that you have that time to get the information. Exactly. All right. So, any other tips and strategies? So let's go on to a higher level, a complex association strategies level. So if you love using a memory strategy and you feel comfortable um, and you want to be a little more creative, you can add a little level of meaning and from a verbal perspective, a complex verbal association strategy would be storytelling. So instead of just connecting something you know to the name, you make up a little story, like a one-liner for the name. Um, 
so for your name, we might say Sarah would never get left behind, right? As a way of approximating your name and reminding me of what your name is. That way I have a story for you. When I see you again, I'm like, oh, right. Sarah would never want to be left behind. Sarah Heiner. Um, for me, someone might say, oh, Cynthia turned green with envy, right? As a right. way of remembering my name. So if you have that facility and you like that creative um, bolt uh, to your memory strategy, then storytelling is great. On the visual side, you can do what we call make a movie. So you take that information and instead of making a verbal story, you see that story play out in your mind's eye. So one of the ones I always use for illustration is Frank Hill. You might see for Frank Hill, Frank Frankfurter's marching over a hill to the Oscar Mayer tune. And <laughs> in your mind's eye, it's silly, it's funny. The more absurd and bizarre that visual or that story, the more memorable it's going to be. And you can see how that creative effort may add something to the meaning and to your attention to the information. Um, but they're all great strategies. And the bottom line, no pun intended, is to find the strategy that works for you that you'll do. Yeah. Well, and I'm just thinking like the visual strategy or creating the story works for my head because I'm a conceptual thinker versus the people that are good memorizers that are good, that would be good at repeating the name or things like that. You know, something a little more specific to the name itself. Right. And then we also have the, you know what, you forgot the name. What can we do to make up for that strategies? So one of the ones, and I bet you do this, is to make a deal with your significant other or someone from work, whoever it is, um, who may be with you. If I, someone comes up and I am talking to them and I don't introduce you within 15 seconds, stick out your hand and introduce yourself. Absolutely, we have that deal. Or with my spouse, it's always, I just assume he doesn't remember who it is. So as soon as we meet someone, I'll remind him. Right. Yeah. But that means that you have to remember. So, well, it depends on the environment. Sometimes he has to remember for me. Right. So, but you know, so that you have that additional backup because that's a sign if you don't introduce to him, right, that you can't remember the name. And the other thing that is really important for all of us to remember is nobody cares as much as we do. Nobody is watching us as closely as we watch ourselves. And I think that sometimes we get very caught up in, oh my gosh, I can't remember that name. People are going to think I'm old. Think People are going to think I'm forgetful, especially in the workplace, when in fact people forget names at all ages. And that's okay. And you know, to your point earlier, sometimes it's really okay to say, I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. Because yes. they might turn around and say, gee, you know, I'm sorry, I don't remember your name either. So often. Yes. I think that's important. And I think, again, in some ways also, like you said, like, don't take ourselves so seriously. Like, I worry about it. I'm embarrassed about it. Again, I have a harder time. Back to your point about lifestyle, with as much as I juggle through my head or you know, not sleeping as much as I should or whatever it is, that I'm sensitive to the change in my ability to manage the memory of names, but I also am allowing myself my own humanity. So I think we have to be kind to ourselves as we age and evolve. Right. And realize that nobody is watching us as closely as we watch ourselves and that they're no different than we are. They're in the same boat and that, you know, it's okay. Everyone forgets, even when they're younger. 
it's well, our kids, of course, forget a lot of things when they're younger. Maybe not their name, but they sure forget to make their bed. So, <laughs> all right. Well, Dr. Cynthia Green, thank you so very much. Dr. Cynthia Green, TotalBrainHealth.com. I hope you'll come do more podcasts another day. It would be absolutely my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks. Bye.